Yo, it's Antoine, the serial entrepreneur, and welcome to another episode of the podcast, The Black Business Bureau, where our goal is to help black businesses be better one step at a time. So today we actually have not one, but two special guests on this particular episode of the podcast entitled Black Banking. I have here Lisa and Davin Jones, two bankers in the Birmingham area, and they're going to um, give us some insight on uh, the importance of not necessarily um, black banking, but banking in general, because a lot of us, even in our personal lives, we, I, I still know people to this day that, that still do the uh, money under the mattress type thing and uh, stuff like that. So a lot of us really still don't know um, about banking. And, and then we'll kind of segue into talking about black banking um, briefly. And then before we get out of here, um, Lisa is actually an entrepreneur and has her own business. So she'll be telling us um, a little bit about her business uh, as well and how you can uh, follow her and um, and support her and her uh, business as well. So how are you guys doing today? Doing great. Hello. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for um, for being here. So I wanted to have you guys on here because um, I know I know you two personally and I know that um, you are in the the banking field. And um, the reason that I particularly thought about uh, Miss Lisa was because you know I was trying to get my um, business in order and I knew I needed to open up a business account and so I chose a bank to go to and I seen uh, Miss Lisa Miss Lisa and so she she actually assisted me in <clears throat> opening my bank account and what what stood out to me was she was very informative and I've I've been to banks before and it's like when you find someone who because everybody doesn't know everything and been going to, going into banks and stuff like that for certain for certain people talking about financial stuff and you know kind of like putting a business out there like that it's, it's 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 scary sometimes and so um but talking to her it was a it was good it was a judge it felt like a judge-free zone and it's and it, and it just seemed to me is that her goal was to help me um it was to service me and help me get my bank account open. And so I really, I really appreciated that. And she just made me feel so comfortable. So when I thought about this particular episode, she is actually the first person I had in mind. And it just, it, it just, it made me feel good. So well, thank you so much. Absolutely. So how long have you guys been in the banking industry? I'm going to let Lisa go first. Ladies first. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, so I actually started three years, three and a half years ago. Um, but I have a background in finance uh, for my uh, bachelor's. Um, yeah. yeah um, I've been in the banking industry. It's been six years now. Uh, I went a little bit of a different route than Lisa. She went college, finance got a finance degree and ended up in the banking world eventually um i started at 21 i was a part-time teller worked my way on up and now we're both in the same position with being licensed uh bankers yeah wow that's what's up so um with with you lisa i i heard you say you actually had a degree what what is your degree in yeah, so I have a Bachelor of Arts in Business Administration with a concentration in finance. Um, so a lot of what I do, even though I took a, a you know the degree route, a lot of what I studied in college uh, is what I do pretty much every day in the banking realm. And then since we've been licensed, is you know the material is, is something I've been familiar with since college. Um, so I just. I guess it kind of just resonates with something I'm more comfortable with. Yeah, so um, that's crazy that you said that you're comfortable with it because a lot of people... So let me ask you this before I, before I say that. What what made you go into that particular field? 
Yeah, so for finance, for me, really it stemmed from, like you said, that exposure aspect when it comes to being in the black community. We don't really have a lot of, or previously we didn't have a lot of exposure to people in the financial realm. And so growing up from in a household where it's predominantly, you know, a single family or a single parent household, um, you see your parent you know struggling to make ends meet or struggling to make sure that you have what you need um going into school and things of that sort it it inspired me to want to do different or to be able to educate people like my mom on how to maneuver those difficult issues and make better preparations going forward so that we can kind of break that 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 curse almost be able to do better going forward so that was my motivation behind going into finance but growing up has always been something I was really passionate about is uh you know helping people save I remember the story my mom told me I forgot about it but she was like I remember you a little girl you used to say I want to have a a store and I want everything to be a penny so that you I can make sure everybody has access to it so I've always been one to want to help people in other ways where it's financially related. Wow, that's 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 a good story because, and it's true because um, my dad didn't he didn't necessarily struggle, but he did. He had to work. He worked at um, Georgia Power for thirty some years, and he um, and he also was in the uh, Army Reserve. I mean, the, I'm sorry, the Air Force Reserve. And once a month, he uh, did that, and he took care of us by himself. But even then, he didn't teach us financing. You know what I mean? Even even with talking about uh, credit and stuff like that, he wasn't able to teach us that. So um, although he did provide for us when it came to uh, teaching us about financing and how to um, what to do with our money, uh, stuff like that. You know, he he wasn't able to teach us that, and and I and I guess I can say maybe he just didn't. I guess the extent of what he knew was go to work and I guess pretty much save. So, um, and 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 that's good of him. But you know, at this point, um, we need to know more, and <clears throat> I think that a lot of people are in looking for that information uh, to to better themselves and 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 their finances. So, what about what about you? Uh, um, Davin, how, how how did you uh, get into financing? I mean, into banking. I, um, no, I, Lisa had a nicer story than me. I actually kind of stumbled. <laughs> um, <laughs> I kind of stumbled upon financing. Uh, both finance and finance. I kind of stumbled upon it by accident. Um, I always wanted to work at a bank. Like it was since I was a little kid. I remember going in the South Trust with my mom and going to that bank and I was like, you know, I always want to work at a bank. I always work at a bank. So I stumbled upon the bank where I am now. And um I was looking for it to just be temporary. That's why I was a part-time teller. I was gonna do that while I went to school. School didn't end up working out. Um I ended up not going to school and I was just working at the bank and my manager pulled me aside one day and she was just like, you might want to look into doing this full time because she was like, I feel like like you're good at this. And I moved up from there, went from, I was a part-time teller for a few months, went to being a banker. And that's, and I really just found my passion for it. And I was like, I was a young guy, I was 21, 22, and I was kind of like lost on what my where I was supposed to be in life at that point. And it was like, I kept having like different ideas. I was gonna go to law school and I was gonna go to med school, you know, different stuff they kind of tell us in the black community, mm -hmm. you need to be like a lawyer or a doctor. And so yeah. I was gonna do this and do that. And I was kind of lost. And so when I got in the banking industry, I was like, you know what, I kind of like this. And I'm learning stuff that my community needs to know that they don't necessarily get taught a lot. And so I just ended up sticking with it. And that's when I really found my love. And I was like, I actually um, was speaking with somebody the other um, other week about it. And they were like, what would you be doing if you weren't doing, um, you weren't in the finance industry? I said, I really don't know because finance is my passion. So I really wow. wouldn't even know where to go if I wasn't in the financial world. And it's kind of crazy because initially I never thought I would be in this world. Yeah, that's, that's, that's crazy, man. Um, and I like the fact that you said that it's a passion of yours because just just hearing the way you talk about it, I can tell that you that you love doing it. I think that anytime that we can find something that we love doing, 
that can um, provide an income for us, I think that's a blessing because so many people get up every day. And although we still may be in a position where we, quote unquote, have to work, at least what we're doing, we we have a passion for and we love doing it. And that, that just makes it that much easier to do. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, man. So, so thank you for that information. So, so my next question is: Before you got in this, before you two got in in this industry, um, were there any were there any challenges that you had dealing with finances um, that you were able that that being in this particular industry helped you guys overcome? That is a great question. Um. I would say one thing that kind of opened my eyes was on the stock and investment side. That's where my eyes were up because my dad, he was so gung-ho on me not making some of the same mistakes that he made as far as like making sure I was saving, making sure my credit was right. Because I'll never forget my dad taking me to the bank at 19 and got me my first credit card. And was mm. like, you're going to start building your credit and this is how the bank is saying you can. So, like, as far as, like, before I started getting the finance industry, I was pretty much set. But that was because my dad kind of guided me and had me kind of straight as far as, like, my finances. But once I got into the banking world, stuff that he couldn't show me was kind of, like, on the investment side and seeing, like, how I can, like, make my money work for me. Because a lot of times, like, in our community, they're like, oh, well, you want to save? Go down to the bank and get you a savings account and earn some interest. And a lot of those accounts, they paying a penny on the dollar or they giving you mm-hmm. a few pennies. But I learned on the banking side how I can make money, make hundreds of dollars, sometimes thousands of dollars in my sleep. And, right. you know, and, and while I'm not doing anything, the money's just sitting there. Um, and it works better than a savings account would. So I definitely would say being in the being in the banking world and getting my investment licenses and learning how different stuff works as far as like stocks and bonds and stuff like that, it really opened my eyes to how I can like really make my money work for me outside of having to sit in the savings accounts. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I understand that. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I piggyback off of that. I think... For me, like I said, my background is a lot of that I studied mainly, you know, the investments in in college. But I think the disconnect for me coming out of college, you know, I had the financials. It was just the credit aspect. So, like, in my household, like I said, we come from a a household. It's a single-parent household. We didn't really have a lot of finance conversations. All we knew is, you know, it may be a rough time right now. You know, we won't, you know, we just have to get the necessities. We didn't really have a lot of talks about whether stock market or having good credit and things of that sort. So a lot of that I had to kind of navigate and figure out myself. Um, And that was a big thing, graduating college, having to figure out how to get a credit card because I didn't have credit. And having to build that from ground zero and learning the ins and outs of building credit, that for me was the biggest uh, I guess the biggest lesson um, was learning how to do that successfully and then learning to, you know, having the exposure to be able to apply some of the information that I learned in college. Um, but that was, I think that's one conversation that wasn't discussed a lot or at all in our household. Yeah. And one one of the things uh, that I've, I've heard you say at least uh, two or three times in this short period um, is exposure and I think that exposure is key because a lot of times um, in our community we don't we don't get we don't know the things that we can do and we, we, we a lot of stuff we don't even know is possible because we don't have that exposure you know yeah I guess social media and stuff like that is a can be used as a good thing because um, you know, Although you you get on social media and you see people doing stuff and uh, you know you wish you could be doing a lot of stuff at you know I can say at least um, that that people are getting that exposure uh, to know that certain things are possible um, and 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 it's, I, and after that it's just about after you get the exposure it's about getting the information and and figuring out how you can like you said get that information and actually apply that information and. And that's key. So, um, but one thing you said 
uh, Devin was uh, was uh, you talked about your dad preparing you um, for for that, and so I think that that was actually was definitely a blessing, man, because he didn't he didn't, and that's what a lot of black folks do. When our kids turn eighteen, we throw them out there, and you know what I'm saying we say, well, I had to do it this way, you do it this way, and so what that does is. That just creates a cycle that puts our children that in the same yep. exact position that uh, we were in. And then so now we've taught them to do that. And so they do the same thing and so forth and so on. You know, and that's why you see a lot of other cultures and stuff. They're so further ahead. Um, yes. Than, uh, so much further ahead than us. And um, we, we just don't know. We, we don't know. We don't know that we don't know that we don't know. We, we With that, yeah. you know what I mean? So... Um, and then another thing you said uh, was about investing, and me, me personally, like that—that's definitely that was Chinese to me, and I'm still trying to figure out different ways to invest. And there's several ways to invest. You just have to yes. find out um, what way works for you. And so, um, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, it's just yeah. No, I'm saying it's, it's, it, when investing is all about what works for you and your por- portfolio. Um, you could be like I'm the type of person I like to be aggressive like I'm like hey let me go ahead and put it out there you know so I may take some losses but I have some good gains and for other people that may not work for them they're like you know I want to be a little more conservative I don't want to go out here and just you know invest in something that's a little more risky let me invest into something that's safer so it's really just it's finding out what works for you but there's so many different vehicles it's not just the stock market it's so many other different ways you can invest your money and that's one thing like you say it's like that exposure our community um that's one thing i've always tried to do in my six years of being at the bank i have always tried to give back my to my community whether it's speaking to my church i've done several seminars at my church um i've gone and speak at several neighborhood meetings about stuff and it's just like i've always tried to give back because it's like our people don't have that exposure and it's like it's an endless cycle of oh this is the way it's always been done so that's the way it should be done it's gonna take certain people like you know what i'm finna break these generational curses of us having bad credit of us not having money saved up and i'm gonna be the one that's gonna you know change that in my family lineage and so going forward they can be and that, that's why i feel like where my dad was because my dad was like look this is the way i was coming up i don't want you to be that way and i really wouldn't be where i was if he hadn't sat me down and like you said like a lot of those other races they just kicked their kids out of 18. I didn't leave the nest until I was 24. Mm. And I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just putting that out there because like my dad always said, you always got a home, you know, as long as you don't, you know, I mean, as long as you live, you know, under my rules, but he wanted to make sure my credit was built up. He wanted to make sure my savings was built up. And so when I left his house, I was able to move into my own house and was able to have stuff set up to where I'm not out here struggling, but that's because I wasn't kicked out the nest at 18. Mm, 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 mm. You know, I wish, I wish, that's 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 crazy, man, and I wish that, that's a beautiful thing, bro, because I wish that more of us would, would, would do that, and you know, it, it, it's just, it's just, it's just sad, man, because that's exactly what we're doing. We turn 18 and, and we, you know, now we're grown and we just, we're going out here to struggle, man. But in reality, it's like at, at 18 years old, you're literally not ready for the real world. So, um, and the thing is, we, I think a lot of us, we, 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 we look at it as a shameful thing for you to be 25 or, uh, of, uh, of that type of age and still say you living with your parents. But in, in, in actuality, Man, when we get older and stuff like that, I, I, all of us will probably say that. Man, if I can, if I can go back and stay with my uh, parents right now, I promise, man, give me Ooh. six months. <laughs> no bills, no bills. You know what I mean? Can I, yeah, can I get back on your insurance? Look. Right, you know what I mean? All that. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, and so, but but before I move on, um, um, uh, another thing you, um, just talking about investing again, um. We're taught to save, and it's like <clears throat> that's pretty much all we're taught is to save, save, save. And so, uh, what you do, what you do when you're saving is you you you're playing it safe, you know. And uh, when you when you have your money in the savings account, it, it is. I'm not saying don't save, but when you save, you have to, I guess, have a purpose for that money that you're saving. And so, 
um, I'm pretty sure you guys know more than anybody um, how little your money grows when you just have it sitting in a uh, in an account. And so it's crazy because at my job, I had an older guy. He was like, um, he like 50 in his 50s, like mid 50s. And he got on my bus and he was talking to me about that same exact thing. He's like, man, I'm, he was like trying to give me advice, which, which I listened to what he said. He was like, man, you want to get your money, man. And you want to get a CD and, and you want to just put oh it on the CD. And I haven't, it was crazy because I haven't heard that term CD in years. I'm just like, I'm just like it's just crazy how, but but also he was telling me that, you know, that he was purchasing his first home, but he was in his mid 50s. So I'm like, it's crazy how far behind we are. Um, yeah. And so. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I was yeah. going to say, not to cut you off, but I just, that was a great point because I meant to talk on it earlier. But that's one common thing I heard so much yes. growing up is getting a savings yes. account, getting a savings bond, or putting it in a CD. Yes. And those markets are almost obsolete. Like, oh, you can put money in a savings account. Typically, that's if you plan to use it within the, you know, next year or so, very short term. But what you want to keep in mind when you put it in a savings account, you forego any type of potential growth. Like anything com- uh, anything competitive, you would forfeit that. Um, but I think it's just that we, as a community, we have to learn more about some of the other options. So people always say you need to put your money in the stock market. That may not be the best thing either. So if some people invest in individual stocks, some invest in bonds. But one thing we don't know a lot about are index markets and ETFs. That's something that's also an option um, that could also get you to where you want to be. So like Gavin was saying, he's probably more aggressive. He'll invest in more so like individual stocks. Whereas I find myself, I still feel like I'm a little aggressive. But I go more so in the route of indexes. So I think it's just honestly knowing what markets or what breakdowns there are in the market and what, uh, I guess, sector would be more beneficial to you and what you're trying to do. And that also takes making the proper um, plan. So how are you, uh, what is your plan financially? So, you know, that goes into retirement. If you're thinking about expanding your family, you want to put a whole picture together of what you think you may do and that'll help you determine which market is the best one for you, which will provide the amount of growth that you're looking for. And a lot of times we go into it thinking on an impulsive decision, like, let me, I, they said, I need to get into the market. So, so I'm gonna buy this particular stock. They said anyone will be fine, but you don't know that the stock you're buying into is failing. So now you've lost, you know, whatever money that you put into it. So you want to do research. A lot of times, you know, looking at a company's history over the last five years or greater to see has their income, you know, has their their overall company been on an incline or has it been on a decline? It'll kind of tell you the history going forward, but it really takes doing a lot of research on that as well. Wow. Wow. That that is y'all dropping gems, man. And. Um, um, before you, before you get off this topic, um, I want you to kind of talk about the index and ETFs, um, a little more. Can you, can you give us, um, a little more about what those are? Yeah. So pretty much what an index, an index is, uh, a group of stocks that you would pretty much invest into. So say for instance, if you're more of Um, someone passionate about the consumer market, you may find stocks that are like retail stores within the consumer industry. Say for instance, like, um, what's a good one? Say Ulta, like a beauty store. If there are a number of consumer markets in that industry, you feel that they have a strong path, you would invest in something like a index just to kind of get the benefit of that overall market versus an individual market. Uh, With an ETF, it's just an electronic traded fund so they can come as individuals as well but it's just electronic it's what's what's uh what's an example of the etf i can't think of oh they should make my uh my license Uh, i can't think of of a good one now but pretty much they're just a different way of investing so you don't have to it's still risky but you don't suffer as much of a risk with it being in one bucket 
than it being in multiple buckets that are in that industry, pretty much. So if that's a break, that's a kind of the simplest way I can break it down. But the index is just like what it's saying. It's an index of this particular market um, and how they judge. So like if you do technology, they'll do the judgment over that overall industry. So if you have Google, you have Apple, um, those big companies within the technology sector, you would invest over that whole sector. So if they're doing good overall, you would benefit from that overall sector versus just investing in Google. And if Google drops, then your investment drops. Mm. That kind of, does that kind of break it down? Yeah, and so yeah. to piggyback before you go, Antoine, because she understood you an example of like ETFs. So ETFs can be, like I know they have one, it's called Global X. That's kind of like an ETF that is based off the infrastructure of the country of the United States of America. So that that ETF is tied to kind of like the infrastructure. You can have like a gas ETX, oil ETX, yeah, yeah, yeah. different stuff like that. So those are like different um, examples industries. of ETFs. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like based off of industries. Yeah, so that's they both kind of go neck and neck. So really, it's just investing more so over a larger. Uh, sector versus with a single stock, you're investing in that one, one company. company. Yeah. So that's why yeah. I go more of indexes because, granted, if say for instance Google goes under and I have a lot of my investment in technology, I can still count on Apple or Tesla or some of the other big names to be able to pull the weight of that failing company versus. You know, in Davin's case, he invests in Google alone. Look, I, I'm I'm, a, I'm aggressive, like, and that's just me personally. I do have interest in ETFs, but like, and, and that's the thing, also, Antoine, with anybody investing in the stock market, like, don't take anything we say on here and be like, okay, I'm gonna go invest in that right. one. It is yeah. your personal choice because we can't give advice on a specific stock. It's about what works for you and your portfolio. But anything you invest in, it's a it, it's a roller coaster. Yeah, like the stock, I tell anybody before they invest in the stock market, do not invest. <laughs> yeah, it's an investment, and, and do not invest and look at that all day, every day. You will drive yourself nuts because you're gonna mm -hmm. have moments like one hour is gonna drop down. You look up the next hour, you up two hundred dollars. You look back, you down six hundred. It, it, it is a roller coaster. You but, only do that if you're doing options trading. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, if you're just if you're like it, make a long term investment in it, and you, like over time, I, I have a friend. He showed me a chart, and it's like over time with the stock market, it's it has always climbed. And he was like, all of this chart, you see where it's constantly climbing. He was like, these little divots is when like the stock market crashed in 2008 and stuff like that. But it normally always rebound. So he was like, just don't invest and, you know, be like, oh, well, I lost this amount of money yesterday. Because I remember I had a stock where I bought it. The shares were at $16 when I bought it. And they end up dropping down to eight. So I end up taking like a 50% loss in that stock initially. But I held on to my stock. I said, you know what? I'm going to hold on to this stock. I bet it's going to rebound. It went from $8 all the way up to $62 a share at one wow. point. So you, you you just never know. And you got to watch it. And you got to know when to get out and when to get in on, on sometimes. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by The Hot Dog Stand. Hot Dog Stand? Yeah, The Hot Dog Stand. Alabama's new number one choice for plant-based eating right here in Birmingham. Oh. So you're riding in the car and you can't find anything to eat. Maybe you're vegan, vegetarian, or maybe you just want to try something new. Well, you're in luck because it's lunchtime and The Hot Dog Stand is the place we eat where everything is plant-based. Come and see from our number one seller, The Special Dog, to our famously delicious Chili Dog. We serve nothing but good food to put you in the mood so come on down to the hot dog stand and remember when you arrive use the coupon code plant-based fire that's plant-based f-i-y-a to get 20 percent off your order now back to the podcast yeah yeah and and i i'm, I'm not even gonna lie man <clears throat> it it is it's, it's really like warming my heart and it's, it's, it's really inspiring me and even making me happy to to even hear you two going back and forth talking about these these things because you very rarely and i mean well i'm gonna say me i don't you know i really i very rarely hear 
young black people, you know, talk about things like this. And this is what we need. But the, but the thing that's crazy and it's kind of sad is that <clears throat> I said young black people, but man, you hear you hear young white people. It's like this. They've been hearing this stuff since they was since they was babies. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. we it, so like this world to them is it, nothing new. You know what I mean? But to us, it, it's just it's, it's like so foreign. foreign. It is. It is. It literally is a foreign language. And so, and a lot of times when you when you when you when you hear the stuff, and then all you got to do is just go do some research and just kind of learn. It's it's not really that hard to understand. You know what I'm saying? But it's just it's just like we we just had this relationship with money um, and finances. We we don't have that good relationship. And so, um, I'm trying to I'm trying to rebuild my relationship with with finances and how i look at it and you know um because at the end of the day um money is 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 definitely a tool that uh that that is supposed to be used and not necessarily uh just to buy things and all that type of stuff you know um it, it's powerful but it's it's all about the way we use it and uh just uh to to go back to uh, when you were talking about investing um, the the vehicle that I'm choosing to put my energy towards and, and learn about is is real estate. You know, um, mm-hmm. one of my mentors, uh, Jamal King, with Make Real Estate Real, he he always says instead of instead of putting putting your money in the bank, put it in the bricks. You know what I mean? And so he shared a story about how at one point he had a hundred thousand dollars in his savings account and. He, he sat there and watched it grow and, it, and it, he, he was watching it to see if it was growing and it was not growing at all and so he went into yeah. 20 he went into like 20 or 30,000 of that uh, uh he took 20,000 out of his savings and, and bought a property with it and he was able to net um $2,000 every month off of that property so in a year that property was able to make him um so you say 24 so that's 24 it was able to make him $24,000 in a year that $20,000 versus that $100,000 sitting in the bank for that whole year not even being able to make him um this little bit of money so um it's just it's just about how we um what we do with our money and so real estate um is my particular choice of investing that I'm choosing to uh going to because we're, we're at the point where we're at the decision whether we're going to uh, buy a house or whether we're going to uh, use that credit to uh, invest and honestly like we're in our particular situation if we buy a house right now you know we can have a nice house but it's not going to change our financial situation so we're looking into uh, investing um, <clears throat> in, in, in a property you know and, and what that's going to do is that'll start freeing up our our work checks because we kind of still in that era where we have to have our nine to fives and I'm trying to get out of that so moving on um, if you when you talk about the black community um, the bank is actually one of the five essential institutions that is needed to have your own self-sustaining um, community and in the black community um the church is the center of the, is center of the black community, but in the white community, the bank is the center of their community. But the church is the center of our community, and um, I'm not even going to get on that because we spend so much money. We blacks spend so much of their money in the church, and uh, the church is not doing nearly what it should be doing uh, for the community. But that's a totally different discussion. Um, but what type of advice would you give us to start kind of getting more comfortable with um, having a positive relationship with the banks? I would definitely say um, number one thing is you, you don't have to be at the bank all day in this technology world, but you should have somebody that you trust, whether it's a personal banker at a bank or if you get a financial advisor, you should have somebody you go to for advice with your money. I don't care if you got $200 in the bank, you should have somebody that you can talk to about investing, about different ways to make your money work for you. And that's one thing that us as black people, we don't have is we don't have that person that we can go to for advice because 
your life changes and I, and I have people who I have known in my six years I have seen them go from being single to being married to having children and want to start businesses and I have been able to give them advice through that time through each one of those life events and that's one thing I feel like as a as a community we have to really get into is like you you need to have a personal banker. I really would recommend a financial advisor more so than a personal banker because a financial advisor can go even deeper into like investments and stuff like that. But I, I, well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it back. I probably recommend you have both. You have somebody at the bank's financial advisor may not be able to help you with bank stuff banker person may not be able to help you with uh, stuff the financial advisor can help you with. So I really would recommend both. And a lot of times people hear financial advisor, oh, I got to have hundreds of thousands of dollars. You don't. There are financial institutions out here and um, other companies that offer financial advisors and you don't have to have a ton of money for them to give you advice at all. Um, so I definitely recommend you having both of those. Having somebody at the bank you can trust, having so an investment person that you can trust. Yeah. I think I think I would say a banker as well because honestly what we do is a banker we connect you to all of that mm -hmm. so you have connection to the financial advisor if you're looking at investing in real uh, real estate or if you're wanting to start a business a lot of those major pivotal moments we have access to um, if not the information, the people who can educate you in those ways. So I think having a good relationship with your banker, um, but I would say a further step is using the free resources that you have. I think one of the biggest things I've been getting uh, reacclimated with is my local library or just a library. Honestly, there are so many books in there on the topic of finance and uh, taxes, real estate, that, you know, honestly, we kind of forget that they're there. But I, I would say that's probably the best uh, investment to yourself is having a library card, checking out some books, they even have them digitally. Um, and that's something I enjoy doing. I read a book on my phone, you know, just if I have, you know, a, a couple of moments, I'm waiting on, you know, an order or something of the sort. I'll read a book. But I think that's going to be the best thing is having that banker and then just finding that information in those free wow. outlets. She just, you, you just took us back to elementary school with the library card. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, if y'all can see the books that she would have around the house, like she have a, like she, I remember she came in one day had like a box full of like finance books, and I was like, what in the world? But like it's it, like she said, it's a great way, and I have like actually like I have a personal financial advisor, and uh, he's always he's like I, I get up at four in the morning every day, and I I try to read like a book like every week. I try to read two to three books a week. And like knowledge is power, man. And, and and like if you get to a point, like even though I'm licensed and I know a lot of stuff, I still have somebody I go to for financial advice. And I still have different stuff. I try to read about finance. I don't ever want to get to a point to where I feel like I know everything. I want to talk to different people. Like, hey, what you know about this? How can I learn about that? How can I? What book I need to read? You know, like don't ever get to a point where you feel like you can stop learning. Yeah, that's that's good, man. And, and um. I think that nowadays we're definitely in a, in a good position um, having um, the books on our phones, also having Audible because um, you can get that information, the same information that you get from the book, you know, in an Audible version if you're, if you're riding in a car or, or whatever the case may be. So the, the information is yep. there. We just have to go out there and get it. And, and like you said, we're definitely not, um, we're definitely not too too uh old to um to learn or too smart to, to, that we can that we can learn more man they say um i heard a quote that said warren buffett uh i don't know what number he is when it comes to the wealthiest people in the world but he's like he's he's up there man but he um i heard a quote that said warren buffett reads uh 16 hours a day and he's re he just reading financial reports and uh that's all he does is read financial reports all day and so what he does is he even goes back and reads uh, financial reports uh, from years ago, uh, from years ago, so he can, you know, he, you know, just studying, studying. So, uh, absolutely. But you, you know what they say about uh, if you want to hire something from a black person, they say put it in the book. <laughs> so, so we have to. Uh, right, right. That was 
that having a business account is actually a necessity, but um, because some people, you oh, know, definitely. yeah, so <laughs> some people probably feel as though they can they can just run their business, don't necessarily need a business uh, account, but uh, yeah, you gonna definitely. stress your you gonna stress your account out. Whoever doing your taxes, they're gonna be stressed out trying to figure out what you like, what's business, business, what's personal. That's why I tell people. Get you a business account, make it separate. So when it comes time for tax season, all you gotta do is get your bank statements, give them to your account about this is all my business transactions and call it a day. Like I, I, I've been in there with customers trying to figure out like, oh, what's this, what's that? I gotta figure this out because I gotta get it to my account. And it gets a mess when you spend in personal and business out of one account. Yeah, I can imagine, I can imagine. What I really was trying to do and what really am trying to do with what my business business is is uh I want my businesses to stand alone uh, you know I don't want to be I don't want them to have to uh rely on me as a guarantor and you know to because I'm trying to build my personal uh credit and my personal finances up as well but I want my business to be able to stand on its own and uh, uh that was one of the things that I was trying to uh get my, my get my account for because uh, you know uh, earlier this year everybody was getting the PPP loans and uh, in my particular case um, I needed a place for my loan for my money to go once I got approved and long story short I got approved you know I, I don't know if it was the people I went to or whatever it was but I got approved they gave me my approval letter the amount that I was getting and all that type of stuff and then I ended up not getting it and I was devastated I, I was because I was, I was, I just knew that I was getting that money because I had all my ducks in a row. Everything was, you know, there was any, nothing illegal going on. Everything was what I, you know, what it was supposed to be, but I didn't get it. And so what that really did for me was it really just made me want to build my business credit up to where I can go to my bank and get whatever type of money that I needed to do whatever I needed to do. Um, so absolutely. So, um, moving on so i just want to say this um thank you guys you guys have really gave a lot of good information um and i and i really think that uh this is this is going to be one of the uh this is going to go down as one of the best episodes because the the topic it was so key and you guys gave a lot of insight and so I just want to thank you guys for that. Uh, but before I let you go, um, I do want to talk to you about your personal business, um, Lisa. So can you can you talk to us about that? Yeah, sure. Um, so I have Innovate Green, which is a holistic wellness e-marketplace. We have um, pretty much bridged the gap between ethical uh, businesses and the conscious consumer. Um, we do more so of the wellness boxes now just because it makes it easier with selecting the best products for, you know, whatever your current situation, if you feel like you need a pickup or if you are feeling stressed, we try to provide products that will kind of get you to the next phase of that, get over that hump. Um, but pretty much that journey started um, as, as a result of my decision to go vegan. So I went vegan about, it's about five or six years now. Yeah. Has it been longer? It's about six, seven. Oh, it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been vegan for a while. I decided to go vegan um, in college after a uh, really uh, scary situation. I had uh, really bad abdominal pains and I had to be rushed to the emergency room. But the process of getting there and the experience I had in the emergency room left a very bad taste in my mouth. And it also served as a a wake-up call for me to, you know, be really serious about my personal health and not really putting that in anyone else's hands that I needed to be, you know, better about my eating choices, about taking care of my body. So I decided to cut a lot of things out just to kind of see what would work. And initially the decision to go vegan was supposed to be temporary, but I started noticing a lot of major changes, having better, you know, more energy, at the time I played lacrosse, so I noticed my playing level had greatly increased. Um, you know, I just, I noticed the overall benefits. And uh, fast forwarding to last year when we launched, um, I had been getting a lot of questions from family and friends about, hey, you know, I 
I've been having this situation or I've, I've been feeling this way. What should I take or what should I do to increase these uh, to get rid of this feeling and provide a, a positive reaction? So I just took a lot of that feedback and those questions and developed my own brand. Um, so we have our blog space there where I cover topics from wellness, um, you know, all aspects of wellness. And we also have our social media pages. We're on Instagram, Facebook, uh, at Innovate Green. And then our website is uh, InnovateGreenLLC.com. Um, but that's pretty much how we got started. Yeah, well, thanks so much for sharing that. And that was InnovateGreenLLC.com. And we definitely will be checking that out to show our support. Yeah. I actually am doing the vegan thing now, too. I'm not 100%, but I'm actually on a 90% plant-based diet. And um, mm-hmm. I am definitely working my way towards being 100% vegan um, all the way. So before I let you go, I just, again, want to tell you guys, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for um, for uh, taking the time to be on this podcast, sharing that information. Uh, with us and I really do hope that someone that is listening was able to learn something from uh, this podcast that they can take and help apply uh, to help them be a, a better black business or entrepreneur so where can we guys if, if, if someone that's listening is actually looking for a personal banker um, to help them get started where can we find you guys on social media or uh, where can we get in contact with you guys at yeah, uh, I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, those are probably the best places, but it's just Lisa Carter on those, okay. or Lisa Carter Jones. Yeah, and uh, you can find me on Facebook if you have any questions. Um, if Davin, D A V I N, and then last name Jones. Um, if you, I normally don't add a lot of people who I don't know, so just shoot me a quick message, and then I let me know. Like you, you heard, you saw me on the podcast, and then I can add you, and then we can talk about uh, different stuff about finance. But yeah, I, I just want to thank you for inviting yeah. us. Um, I, I, like this was fun. Um, I enjoyed doing stuff like this, and like you, we definitely have to do a part two because like this is just the tip of the iceberg. Like. Cause we didn't even get into uh insurance and that's one thing we're licensing as well so like we definitely have to do an episode on insurance but that's a way to invest as well so yeah i'm de- yes absolutely i'm down for it and i was just thinking that it was something else that i get didn't get to talk to you guys uh about um just due to the second time sake of time so yeah definitely part two absolutely um but uh, I know you got somewhere to be. Uh, so, again, I just want to say thank you again. Thank you. So thank if you're listening, I don't know what um, platform you guys are listening, but please follow us on Instagram at Black Business Bureau 205. If you're listening on YouTube, like, follow, comment and subscribe. And if you're on listening on Spotify or Apple Music, please rate this podcast to help us grow. Until next time, let's be better one step at a time. See you guys next time. Bye.